podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Whistleblowers Daily, the show that gives you the football headlines and some concise opinion on each every single weekday of the football season. I'm Mark Smith. These are your football headlines for Tuesday the 18th of October. Real Madrid and France striker Karim Benzema has won the Ballon d'Or for the first time. Benzema scored 44 goals in 46 games as he helped Real Madrid win the Champions League and La Liga in 2021-22. It's only the second time in 14 years the award wasn't given to either Lino Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo. Sadio Mane, Kevin De Bruyne, Robert Lewandowski and Mo Salah made up the rest of the top five at the ceremony in Paris last night. Spurs forward Richarlison is set to be fit for the World Cup, according to his manager Antonio Conte. The Brazil forward was in tears after being forced off in Saturday's 2-0 win over Everton with a calf injury. But a scan has revealed the injury is not so serious, and while the 25-year-old will miss Wednesday's trip to Manchester United, he should return for Spurs before the Premier League pauses on November the 13th for the tournament in Qatar. It's an injury, but not so serious, Conte said. I hope for him to play other games with us before the World Cup, but for sure the injury is not so serious. Great news for Spurs. A story in The Telegraph this morning claims Aston Villa will make an ambitious attempt to convince Mauricio Pochettino to step back into management. Steven Gerrard enters the most critical week of his year in charge so far as he prepares for games against Fulham at Craven Cottage and Brentford at Villa Park on Sunday. These two games could seal his fate. And in tonight's games, Brighton hosts bottom of the table Nottingham Forest, while free-scoring Wolves travel to Palace. Those are your headlines. Let's start with the Ballon d'Or then. Thoroughly deserved for Karen Benzema. Bit of a change of the changing of the guard, I think, isn't there? Um, as I mentioned in the headline, there only the second time in 14 years that the award wasn't given to Messi or Ronaldo. Now, I'm not saying that Benzema has taken over that mantle because he's 34, is he? 34, 35 himself. So it's not going to be him for the next 13 years. But certainly feels like the end of an era. Uh, Benzema thoroughly deserves this. There's always the suspicion that winning the Champions League increases your chances of winning the Ballon d'Or. You know three, four, five-fold. It always seems to be someone from the Champions League winning team. And that's not a bad thing, I suppose. He was phenomenal all last season. Um, and yeah, he, he deserves it. I mean, there's been a bit of controversy, I suppose, over the last couple of years. We had the season where there was no award given, even though Lewandowski should have won it. And then we had the season Messi won it, where he wasn't really on particular form. So at least they've gone with a player who is on great form and someone who has got a body of work in his career that absolutely thoroughly deserves to win the Ballon d'Or. So I'm pleased that's happened at least. It now feels like it could be slight changing of the guard on a longer-term basis. I mean, Mbappe, still very young, finished sixth last night. Haaland in the top 15, again very young. I think those two are going to be battling out for a while to come. But I think we're also in an era where there's just a lot of good depth of top-quality player. I mean, I was looking through the previous Ballon d'Or winners and there was... A different winner every year in the sort of mid-2000s. Really great, wonderful names, legendary names. It wasn't just dominated by one or two. And I'm hoping we have more of that. But uh, as I say, if, if it's going to be the same winner of the Champions League, it's likely to be a player from that winning side. So if there's a period of dominance for one team, we might see a period of dominance for one player as well. Anyway, let's talk to Theo Delaney because Richarlison's injury is not as bad as first feared. He's not going to miss the World Cup, according to Antonio Conte. So here's Theo Delaney from the Spurs show and from Life Goals with Theo Delaney podcast. Hi, uh, Theo Delaney here, celebrating the what seems to be good news about Richarlison and his injury from a Tottenham perspective. Uh, when he went off on Sunday against, uh, or rather Saturday against his old club, Everton, 
Uh, he feared the worst, that's for sure. He was in tears, a very emotional man. And he thought his uh, hopes of going to the World Cup might be dashed. Uh, but in fact, the news seems to suggest it'll only, it'll only be out uh, a couple of weeks. So he should be back in time and, and rested to some extent before the World Cup starts. What does this mean for Spurs? Well, obviously, if he'd missed the World Cup, but uh, resumed around Christmas time very fit, it wouldn't have been particularly bad for, for, for Tottenham. It might have even, you could even argue it might have been a good thing. But actually, because he's such an emotional man, he plays everything. He plays with his heart on his sleeve. And I think um, emotional factors come into it with Richarlison more than most players. He's turned up and he has given everything for all the time he's been on the pitch at Spurs. He hasn't torn up any trees in terms of his goal scoring or assists or anything particularly creative. He's been good. Nobody, is, nobody thinks he's been anything other than good. But I, I think there's a feeling that the best is yet to come. There's also a feeling that perhaps he's suffering at the moment by being forced to play wide all the time. That he might actually be a better um, alternative to Kane than a foil to Kane as a wide player. But again, having said that, he's done perfectly well. And when he comes on, he's always a nightmare to play against. You see that immediately. And that's because he's, as well as being technically great, let's not forget he's Brazil's first choice number nine. I mean, think of the heritage of that shirt. So he's technically excellent. He's a very good footballer. But he's also full of vim and determination. And he's very physical. And of course, he's, uh, he's no stranger to the dark arts. He's famous for that. I recently interviewed Andy Burnham on my Life Goals podcast, the mayor of Manchester, and he waxed lyrical about Richarlison. And he said, when Richarlison comes back to play against Everton, I expect him to be well received because the commitment that he showed last season in keeping us up, he was the most important figure in our survival last season. He said, even more than Lampard, uh, he was the guy who kept us up. And he said, I expect Everton fans to give him a good reception. And that's exactly what happened. On Saturday, the away section, I couldn't hear any boos or catcalls from the away section. He was applauded on. And that tells you everything you need to know about Richarlison. So him being... Uh, so this injury news is great news for Tottenham because it means he remains happy. He remains... Uh, you know, in a good state of mind. And of course, we may have him back within a couple of weeks to play a couple of games before that World Cup gets underway, which would be a good thing because Kuliszewski's fitness isn't fully back to 100%. And after that, you're looking at Lucas Mora and Brian Hill, who are, for different reasons, are probably, at the moment at least, uh, a level down from Kuliszewski and Richarlison. So, good news for Richarlison, good news for us, good news for Brazil. That was Theo Delaney from The Spurs Show and from the Life Goals with Theo Delaney podcast. Thanks, Theo. Let's move on then. Aston Villa, story in the paper today. The Telegraph say that Pochettino is being lined up as first choice to replace Steven Gerrard should Gerrard get the sack in the uh, the next few weeks. Let's talk to comedian, broadcaster, host of the Football Manager podcast on the Athletic Network, most crucially of all, Aston Villa fan Tony Jameson. If reports on social media are to be believed, and of course these are unconfirmed rumours on social media, the news coming out of Villa Park is that Steven Gerrard has been sacked as manager and that explains the very 
happy tone in my voice. Wasn't a fan when he turned up, so I'll be delighted to see him actually go if that is the situation. However, as a Villa fan, we are used to disappointment, so sadly I expect him to still be in the dugout come Saturday. However, in the event that he has gone, rumours are that Villa apparently are looking at Maurizio Pochettino to take over. I mean, personally, I think that's a little bit pie in the sky. Again, as Villa fans, we're used to scaling back our expectations. We're not used to nice things. So we can approach Pochettino. Rumours, of course, have gone round about Tuchel, about Emery. I mean, yeah, aim for them. Aim for them, absolutely. Selling the project. But let's face it, we are realists at Villa. Pochettino's one thing. I fully expect Sean Dice to be in the hot seat when Gerard goes. But who who knows? We'll see. As long as Gerard goes, doesn't matter. A very hopeful Tony Jameson there. <laughs> I don't think he wants Gerard at the club. That if you noticed. <laughs> Let's wait and see. I'd never understand this. I'm not hearing anyone else say Sean Dyche. I'm only hearing Tony say that. And he always says it. And I don't know if he's joking or what. Not that he'd be a bad appointment, but I only ever hear Tony mention this. All right, that's all we've got time for. Wherever you're watching the games tonight, I hope you enjoy them. We'll be back same time tomorrow here on the Whistleblowers Daily. Sports Social Podcast Network.